Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 102 of the NeuroEdge podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. The name of today's episode is The Spiritual Disciplines. And this is something that in my life I definitely feel called to and feel feel led to engage in these practices. And whether it's nature versus nurture, I don't think you can deny that in some sense, we all feel a certain inclination to the spiritual side. And I firmly believe that our spirituality and our spiritual practices are going to be directly impactful on our actual physical health. And so obviously my show is about high performance, how to be a higher performing human, how to have better health, how to live a better and happier, healthier life. And I, again, I talk about it a lot, but I think these spiritual disciplines are a core component of that. So what I wanted to do in today's episode is just break down the different spiritual disciplines, how I implement them in my own life and how you can go about implementing in your life and what they will help do. And the way I think about these disciplines is a lot of people... Some people will just completely write off spirituality altogether. So they're atheistic, they're agnostic, and that's okay. But I don't think that you're going to be an optimized human if that is something that, you know, you're willingly choosing to engage in and practice in. If you're shunning off all these, just as it would be if you completely shunned off all of your physical health. So if you said, hey, I don't need to diet or exercise, you're going to suffer. You may be able to... Do something, you know, in terms of your brain, using your brain to work or anything, but your overall health isn't going to be as good if you are not engaging in healthful practices like exercise. Why? In the same token, I don't think our spiritual health, which is going to be correlated to how overall physically healthy we are, it cannot be forsaken. So going back to that, there's people that will completely ignore it. And then there's other people that know they should do it but they don't really know where to start or they were brought up in uh, some sort, certain type of spiritual setting where they think that has to be the way that they do things. And it can be whatever religion or wherever you thought. So a lot of people get a convoluted picture of what it looks like. So I think, again, I'm going to hold more of a Christian mindset and background on things, but that doesn't mean you have to hold that in order to engage in these practices. And I think whatever you do, These practices are the precursor for living a spiritual life. So even if you don't have necessarily one religion or anything that you are focused on, doing these things will prep you and prime your body to be closer to engaging in a spiritual experience and optimizing your actual spiritual health. So the reason I do that is I'm saying that is because just as we compare something like physical health, You may be a triathlete, you may be a bodybuilder, you may be a football player, you may be a basketball player. There's lots of different athletic physical pursuits. Now, there are certain types of training that each of those sports and pursuits require, but overall, if you want to be good at one of those things, you have to train. So that's what these spiritual disciplines are. They are basically the training for how we're going to get started on our spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it. And even if just it's optimizing spiritual health. So these don't necessarily have to be based around a certain religion. And it's something that 
again, it's the foundation and building blocks of something that we should practice. And whether, you know, you're all the way from atheist to the most devout Christian or whatever you are, these are things that are going to improve your life. So I don't think people would necessarily disagree with any of these things being bad on the premise. So the goal of this is to explain these things, walk you through them, and also let you know how beneficial they can be, how beneficial they have been in my life in certain situations. So before I jump on into everything, I'm going to share my screen in a second, but I want to remind everybody, if you are watching this, listening to it, first of all, my sincerest gratitudes to you. It's been a while since I've been on here just because I've been really busy doing some stuff with work. But I want to say thank you for listening, tuning in. If you want to be part of the community, just hop over in the description, whether you're listening to the podcast or the YouTube video and come check out the insiders group that we have. We get more in depth in topics like this and it's really a positive feedback loop where we talk amongst ourselves and kind of get to know each other and uh, get to talk with other people about these things. So that being said, let me share my screen and let's see, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this one. So this is just a reading that I found that was pretty good, but it's basically what are the spiritual disciplines? So spiritual disciplines are habits, practices, and experiences that are designed to develop, grow, and strengthen certain qualities of spirit, to build the muscles of one's character, expand the breadth of one's inner life. So they structure the workouts which train the soul. Some spiritual disciplines are personal inward exercises that are practiced alone. Others require interpersonal relationships and are practiced in community. So throughout time, many philosophers, theologians, and writers have proposed a number of practices might be conspiritual disciplines. And this is where I want to get into. So I'm just going to read through the list and then kind of talk about my own experience with each one. So we have meditation, prayer, fasting, simplicity, fellowship, journaling, chastity, stewardship, submission, slash obedience, study, evangelism, contemplation, confession, solitude, gratitude, self-examination, silence, and celebration. So let me get into my own diatribe on each of these. So meditation, what is meditation? Well, meditation, a lot of people, everybody kind of knows meditation is good. Okay, yes, I should be meditating. Problem is in today's society where we have electronic devices all around us all the time, our brains are short-circuited and we have the attention span of goldfish and we think, oh, well, I could never do meditation. And it's really because we're so addicted to information, we're so addicted to our screens, or just stimulation overall. Meditation is basically just breaking that down and breaking it away and say, okay, I'm carving out time for my brain just to decompress and be alone with its own thoughts. And there's a bunch of different types of meditation that you can get into and pursue. But I think if we could all, even if it's just five or 10 minutes a day, take time away from stimulation, from email, text, social media, phone calls, TV shows, Podcast, not my podcast though. <laughs> um, but anyway, if we could just take time away from that and allow our brain to have space where we are engaging in just complete removal of stimulation. So meditation is very powerful. And again, there's a bunch of different types that you can do, but I have noticed just in my own life, the act of meditation, I actively in the mornings will try to do this. And what I do is I just focus on sending out love to other people. So it's time where I completely remove all forms of entertainment. Usually I try to do it grounding in nature. 
because I think that, again, primes the pump a little bit more in terms of being allowed you to tap into these higher states of consciousness faster. But basically meditation, just removing everything and just thinking about sending a field of harmonic love and high vibrancy to everyone around you. Um, and again, even if there's just that for a couple of minutes, I notice when I do that in the morning and particularly when I go to bed, it just kind of sets up the structure for my day where I have a calm about me. I'm not worried or anxious about all those other things going on. So that is my take on meditation. Now, the next one is going to be prayer. So prayer kind of moves up a little bit into um, kind of the next ascension from meditation. So I think a prayer is being more active meditation where we are going and we're actually sending conscious intention to other people and the planet or whatever it is that you're focusing your intention on. So, you know, this can be dependent on your religion, but I think prayer and it can be even just the smallest inclination that you have in your heart to reach out and think about somebody, send positive thoughts and everything to them. I've talked about this in other episodes, but there's a bunch of different people that have talked about prayer, that have talked about how scientifically it can be proven that when people actually pray, it does have a manifested effect on reality. You can go back and check out some of the other episodes for that. But prayer is the conscious intention of saying, I am setting aside this time. I'm going to communicate directly with God. Or even if, you know, again, whatever your flavor is, what you think uh, you should pray to and reaching out and saying, okay, this is my intention for these things. This is what I'm going to focus on. This is what I want to help manifest in the world around me. So prayer, whereas meditation is kind of removing the space for yourself, prayer is really setting the intention for this. So setting the intention of what you want to help create in the world around you and uh, ultimately for the benefit of others. So that is just my take on prayer. I notice when I definitely do meditation and prayer, that my life is just overall better. I seem to be a little bit more coherent and in tune with everything around me. And if I tend to slip away from those, whether it's just because I'm traveling or busy or whatever, I notice that something feels out of whack. It's like if you aren't eating a certain nutrient or something, that's how I feel. So anyway, next one is simplicity. And I think this one is pretty self-explanatory. There's not a lot to explain upon this, but I think if we can always... You know, the thing with simplicity, if we can always be looking in our life to break down the complex issues in our life into the most simplistic form. So even if it's just looking at, oh, my life seems so overwhelming, I have all this different stuff going on. If we can take a step back from that and become a third party observer of what our body is experiencing, what our physical vessel is experiencing and how we can how we can. Look at that and try to remove stuff that doesn't necessarily serve us or serve others. So that's kind of keep it simple with simplicity. Next one is fellowship. And this one is definitely something that I feel called to do more and feel guilty of. So fellowship is going to be congregating with other people, especially around the same cause. And whether that's just to hang out and be friends, but basically fellowship is communing together with other people. And it can be for spiritual reasons, or again, it could just be a relaxing thing, but as humans, we need to be around other people. And I tend to be a little bit more of an independent person. So sometimes I will get away from doing the required amount of fellowship that I know I need. And you get into this trap of loneliness, but fellowship is really important. And I think as a spiritual discipline, it can be congregating with other people that are also interested in pursuing 
higher states of consciousness, higher spirituality. So actually getting with other people and then talking with them and revealing how you feel. And it didn't have to be super formal or anything like that, but just being around other people is going to make you basically just become so much more in tune with the world and understand that we're all part of the same. So you don't get this kind of takeover effect of your ego where you're just completely taken over. The next one is going to be journaling. So journaling is something that I think is crucially important. And I know I've talked about it on other podcasts, but basically journaling, all you have to do, it doesn't have to be, again, anything super formal. It's just the act of doing it. And what I like to do is I have a notebook and every day, every morning when I wake up, I just make sure that I write one page in the notebook. And then when I go to bed, I also just write down my takeaways from the day. And I think journaling is really powerful because it takes all the ideas in our brain that we get so caught up in and our we tend to get overwhelmed by things in our brain and it gets it all out into paper. So it basically is like mapping a model of what's going on in our brain at any given time. And it helps get all of that out to where just as when you talk something out with somebody, you have a therapist or whatever, it can be a therapy in and of itself. And I think journaling can be something that, again, is very therapeutic, but also that helps your brain develop and rewire neural pathways so that you're understanding how feelings kind of move through your body and why you experience certain things. Another really cool thing about journaling is that when you journal, you can go back and look at all these things. So you can trace back, okay, where was I at at this time in my life and how much development did I make? And I think that's something that's really cool and can be really powerful in looking at your development as a human that you can trace what's going on. Or if you feel yourself stuck or you're in a certain place, you can kind of look and say, okay, well, why do I feel this way? Well, let me go back to my journal and see why I was doing this. I think if you start journaling and it becomes a habit, it's one of those things just like prayer, meditation, fasting, that when you stop doing it, so after you make it a habit and then stop doing it, you realize you start to crave going back to that. So the next one is chastity. And this is my opinion of what they're talking about here is basically just abstinence. So abstaining from maybe it's sexual desires, but I think that can be a lot of anything. Maybe it's hedonism, junk food, drugs, whatever it is that you would consider a vice, chastity would be abstaining from that. Now, that doesn't mean that there's a certain time and place for things that were created for us as humans to do. But I think being able to remove yourself basically just from hedonism, where you're constantly in this cycle of maybe it's just work. You go through the work week and you're always waiting for the weekend where you get to drink alcohol or whatever it is. It's being able to abstain from those things and then understand that there's time and place, but not become a slave to those things. So I think that's the cool part of chastity. And I know in my life, I try to eat healthy and not have something that I look forward to. Okay, if I can just make it to Saturday, that's when I get the alcohol or the dessert or whatever it is. So I think there's something to be said there. And it kind of refocuses your life on what you think is important and what you really want to be working towards. The next one is stewardship. So stewardship, I just view, to me, it's the management of resources. And we all have resources. None of it, like all the money that we have, all the stuff that we have is not really ours. We're here temporarily in this body and it's in the world around us. And how we decide to use those things is the type of steward we are. So are we a good steward of our resources? Do we manage them wisely? Or are we? do we spend them lavishly and extravagantly and create a lot of waste? So I think of stewardship as management of resources. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial. It definitely can be. But it's basically all the resources that you've been given. 
And maybe you think, oh, well, maybe I haven't been given a lot. Everybody has something. And stewardship is how you turn those things. It can be your talents as a person. How do you take your talents and use them to create more from? Basically, the amazing part of being a human is we have all of this creativity. And stewardship can be how do we use that creativity to better manage what's going on around us. The next one is going to be submission slash obedience. And I think this kind of goes hand in hand with chastity. Again, you do not want to become a slave because there are certain things in our life that are meant to be fun or meant to be enjoyed. But it's also there's also a thing for obedience where we realize there are certain things that we don't do because in the long term, that's going to cause us the most harm. So it kind of goes hand in hand in chastity. But, you know, whatever religion or whatever you're trying to follow, uh, becoming obedient. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean uh, being obedient in the sense of, hey, I don't do anything wrong or I don't disobey the Ten Commandments or whatever it is. It can mean obedience in the sense of, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing at work right now. So I'm making sure that I'm focused on that and I'm not going off and messing around doing stuff on social media. So it's obeying whatever structure is in place that you know is better for you. Next one is study. And I think study is something that we can all do a better job of. I know myself, just because I got really caught up in working and doing the day-to-day of just doing over and over again. But study is actually taking time to go read a book. I think the world would be so much better off if people would actually read more because so much now people just take sound bites out of everything and they don't have a good good in-depth understanding of really a lot of topics. So study, I view, is something that going in-depth, you know, reading an entire book on one subject, really getting to know that subject. And again, this isn't a it could be reading your Bible or reading spiritual text, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's just the manner in which you approach the information that you see in your life. Are you a surface level person that doesn't really read about things and become interested in them? Or do you really break things down to a first principles level? The next one is going to be evangelism. And, you know, some religions, this might be a big part or tenet of that religion. Other religions, it's, antithetical to that religion itself. But evangelism doesn't necessarily mean you have to go convert somebody into whatever religion. It can be how you live your life to other people. So are you a servant to other people? Do you help other people? I think of evangelism as that. How do I use whatever I'm doing? So even if it's my job, how do I use that as a ministry to help serve other people? And I know when you have that lens, whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or you work for someone else, it makes your life better because you view the lens through all the work that you're doing is a way to serve other people. And there becomes this spiritual depth to what you're doing. Next one is contemplation. So this is going to kind of go hand in hand with solitude, which I'll talk about in a second. But contemplation, I really think is toiling and tussling with ideas in your head. And whether you just do that in your head or you write it out or you read different books that maybe disconfirm the beliefs or views that you have. I think it's really taking time to go inside of yourself and question your own beliefs. That's what I see as contemplation. And I'm constantly trying to do that with myself to ask myself, what do I really believe? Who am I? And what do I really believe? And I think your beliefs and your, your faith and your confidence in yourself become better when you do this contemplation, because you really, just as you train in the gym, you're, you're training your thoughts and spiritual side to understand things at a deeper level. Next one is going to be confession. And this is, again, another part of a lot of religions. But I think confession, it doesn't necessarily mean 
that you have to go to a priest or anything like that. It can just be that you're acknowledging within yourself that you did something that you weren't proud of, but that's okay because whether it is, you know, you're forgiven by Jesus Christ or that you are allowing yourself to be a human and understand that you're going to make mistakes. Confession is not holding up this internal guilt. It's allowing it to come out and understand that you're a human, that you make mistakes, but that you're going to strive from here on out through the rest of your life to become better. And that's not going to say that we're going to slip up doing certain things, but the act of confession really allows you to get more in touch and get all this anxiety and guilt out of yourself, which is something that if you're doing, you're going to be more physically healthy. How many people do we know that are maybe successful, but they have all this pent up guilt or anxiety or whatever it is? Well, confessing that and whether that's to friends or family or just in your own life through journaling and prayer and meditation can be really powerful. The next one is solitude. And again, this kind of goes hand in hand with contemplation. But I think solitude is very important. I enjoy taking walks by myself because it allows you, again, to one, kill a few birds with one stone because you can kind of do these things. You know, you could walk and meditate and contemplate at the same time, I think, but, and be in solitude. But solitude is really important because it allows ourselves to remove ourselves from this constant stimulation of everything's going on and just be by yourself and actually have to deal with the fact that you are you. There is one thing that's for certain, as long as you're alive, you are you. And part of our, our advancement as humans is being able to be comfortable with that and understand that, understand that everybody else is themselves. And when you are in solitude, you really get in touch with that and understand who you are. And a lot of times, whether it's through work or family or whatever, we get so caught up in what we're doing, we almost become this involuntary vessel that's going around. We don't contemplate ourselves. And the way to do that is to be in solitude. So does this mean you have to be in solitude all the time? Absolutely not. I probably go into solitude too much and it can teeter on loneliness at some points. But if you are engaging in solitude, even if it's just for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, it's going to be something that's very powerful Powerful in turning on the spiritual side of your body. The next one is gratitude. I don't think I could do, I could do an entire podcast just about gratitude for years and years and never run out of content. But gratitude is basically just being thankful for everything that you have. And I am guilty of this myself. I am preaching to the choir when I say this, that gratitude is extremely important. And you want to make sure that as a, as a person that you are grateful for everything that you have. And I get so caught up and, you know, I don't even really go on social media that much, but everything in the world around us today is designed and created to make us want more than we have. And that's just the way capitalism is. It's going to be a facet of capitalism. People are going to be selling things to you. And in order to sell things to you, the, they have to make you feel like there's a deficiency between where you are now and where you're going to be. And if you are not engaging in gratitude, you're going to become a slave to those desires and always think that you're inadequate for things. However, if you're grateful, just grateful for being here alive. As long as you're alive, there's always a chance. Whatever it is that you want to do, there's always a way. And gratitude is a way that you can really engage in that and look at yourself. And even though you get caught up in a spiral that goes downward and out of control, gratitude can be a way that you bring yourself back and you ground yourself and, hey, I have all of these things going for me. I have all of this around me. Now, how can I use it to make the world a better place? So I think gratitude is huge. And again, talked about it before, but in terms of your physical health, mental health, emotional health, the spiritual discipline of gratitude is going to be one of the most powerful things you can do. Self-examination is the next one. So self-examination kind of goes hand in hand, I think, with solitude and contemplation. They all kind of intertwine together. But how do you examine yourself? So how, do you have any sort of metric 
system or scoring. I know for me, this is something that I have to get better at myself is what do I use to evaluate myself and examine myself? How do I look at my life and say, where was I here and how am I here? And for a lot of us, that can be monetary, but it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. And I don't even think it should be monetary sometimes. I think it's something that we all need to look at ourselves and really examine where we are in our life because a lot of times we just get so caught up in the day-to-day and before we know it, four years have gone and what do we have to show for it? So I think that's really powerful and uh, something that we all need to engage in. The next one is silence. So silence, again, this goes a lot. So much of our culture and today is bombarding us all the time. And this goes in hand in hand with, you know, meditation, prayer, and fasting, but you need to be in silence around you. In order to silence the mind, you actually have to have silence. In order to actually come up with new ideas and change your life, if you are wanting to change your life, and if you're in a position where you want to change your life for the better, you actually have to carve out silence for that because you can't think about where you want to go that's different from what you're doing right now if you don't actually have silence. So I know in my life, I try to set aside time for that. It could be very rewarding. And I think particularly at the end of the beginning of the day, when you wake up and then before you go to bed, having that silence is very huge, not only for your physical body, but also for your brain's health to be able to, again, unplug from a lot of what's going on. And the last one is celebration. So all these might sound like they're, oh, how is this fun? This is something that sounds like work. Well, they are to a certain extent, but celebration is actually enjoying the fruits of life. And again, we don't want to take this to the point of hedonism, but we also want to enjoy our family, enjoy our friends, enjoy the fruits of our labor if we do work really hard. And I think it can be just as de- detrimental spiritually if you don't celebrate what's actually going on, if you're always focused on doing or working or whatever it is. And again, some people don't have that problem. Some people, that's the number one problem in their life is they're workaholics. So if we can take time to celebrate and actually be thankful. Again, this goes with gratitude for what's going on around us. Enjoy that with other people. It's going to be something that's very, it's food for our soul. It's nourishing to our soul and can make us live a happier and healthier life. So that was it. I'm sure there are more spiritual disciplines. I think this was a good summary of them. Hopefully you took away something from this a little bit that you understood and enjoyed listening to. So I really appreciate if you stuck around the whole time, definitely try some of these out. You don't have to try all of them, but try some of them out and see how they make your life better. I think it's something that we all need to do a better job as humans is really engaging that spiritual side and developing our spiritual health as much as we work on our physical health, mental health, and emotional health. And if you took anything away from this today, just know that wherever you are, that the opportunity is there to do so. And I know I'm going to be working on more of these myself, but really appreciate you sticking around to the end. Definitely leave me your feedback. Look forward to hearing from you guys. And again, if you want some really cool goodies and inside group access, check out the group and I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.